Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. Hey, welcome to Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. I'm trying something different. I don't know. Hey, oh, has anyone anyone ever done hey, oh? You got both of us off off our guard with that one. Cousin Sal here with my good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. I'm giddy about the Cowboys because we could actually cross them off. Finally, we could cross them off. Mine and Dave's team, since we last came to you, I think in the last 40 hours, mine and Dave's team took a tumble. Mine was expected. Uh, Dave's, not so much. Oh, my God. The Cowboys lost 34-17. It could have been a lot worse. Their defense was awful. I think they gave up 294 on the ground. I'm surprised that number is not like 400 yards. But like I said, I am uh, I'm happy to be done with them and not have to worry about, oh, can they win? Can they win? If they beat the Eagles, they beat the Jets. No, it's over, over, over. Thank you uh, for playing, everybody. But we can move on. Right, Dave? Right, Charlotte? Well, I feel like, Sal, first of all, I want my giant publisher's clearinghouse check, Ed McMahon. hey But also, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, like we talked about, the Ravens, I, you, you did great, as always, in your pregame bit, bit oh, doing the you. Gallagher smashing the fruit and everything else. I don't care for that as a fruit lover, um, <laughs> but I got the spirit of where you were coming from on that. But then you go and get shown up. It, what a night for Cousin Sal. You watch the Red Rifle provide a tepid um, version of what a Dallas Cowboys quarterback is supposed to look out uh, mm-hmm. look, look like. Then you get shouted out by Tony Romo on a oh, late night yeah. TV show, which is surreal. You're obviously on the pregame. And then you also get shown up. You smash up the Cowboys and everything else. And then you get trumped by Troy Aikman who, who yeah. smashed up the Cowboys in a way even you couldn't do at the end of that game. He really he really pointed at what how badly the Cowboys have quit this year. It was quite a night for Cousin Sal. Mother I, you know, it's funny. Well, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll tie those together with Romo shouting me out and Aikman. But So Aikman basically says uh, at the end of the game, I don't know where this organization goes. It's, um, there are too many things to, uh, to address in the offseason. Fine. Correct. hundred percent. Right. And getting hate all over the internet about it because, and if he doesn't Charlotte, he's a Homer, right? If he's like, well, I saw some good things out of this Cowboys team. They gave up almost 300 yards rushing and it should have been 600 yards. I I, I don't know. What is it supposed to be? Well, before we hopped on here, I I did a Twitter search of Troy's name and it is, it, it just goes to show, I mean, if you are a famous person talking about sports, no matter how measured you try to be, you just like don't read the Internet. Don't read the comments, because right. no matter what he says, yes, what else could he say? They were terrible. The The Cowboys defense is just like, oh, no, please. After you come on it. They like held the door open for the Ravens. And Aikman is just being honest. And yeah. I think that I think that a lot of times in sports, the fans take honesty as shade and it's like well I don't know how to help you then because like Troy couldn't have said anything it it wasn't like he was putting blame he he didn't say like every these people are horrible people and they deserve to never play football again he was just like I genuinely don't know how you fix everything at once which I think that if you have eyeballs you can agree that's probably true about the Cowboys yeah he's held his tongue for so long he knows a lot of people in the organization and he finally broke and you know I I, look I'm not gonna feel so bad for these guys 
They make many, many millions of dollars more than we do. But, you know, just these broadcasters, they do get as much as players now. It seems like they're getting they're getting uh, bullets uh, sprayed their way. Tony Romo, uh, like you said, Dave, he was on Kimmel. Jimmy brought up uh, the fact that we watched him play Madden, and that's how Romo uh, summarized it. That's how I learned anything about football is through Madden. Well, I learned a lot. Thank you. But, yes, we that was surreal watching him play for uh, six but hours. But the reverse is true. I mean, that's yeah. one of my favorite stories is that you and Jimmy came up with the idea that for him oh. to figure out how to measure what yeah. amount of time he has to issue his remarks on a broadcast, do right. it with Madden. And within an hour, he had mastered the game of Madden and could beat people who were wizards at. Oh yeah, the video within games. he he uh, he took our advice and and took on that exercise for about four minutes, and then he was like, "Now, now he's just playing Madden, and we're watching him uh, beat up on twelve-year-olds who have no idea they're playing Tony Romo because he could read the defenses." And by the way, Dave, he was Big Ben in the Steelers. He's like, "This is my favorite offense. This is what I'm doing." He didn't care, but even Romo a couple weeks ago. When uh, Tampa got beat up by Kansas City, he defended Tom. He's like, ah, a couple of those routes, the receiver's fault. He got all sorts of shit, you know, and people were actually saying Tony Romo lost all credibility yesterday. It's like, okay, guess what? You lost all credibility saying Tony Romo lost all credibility for sticking up for Brady on two or three plays. Give me a break here, honestly. These guys I have think been doing it for years. what it points to, and we are here in mid-December, and there are all these storylines floating around in pro football and otherwise, and yet it remains, what remains true here in the 21st century is the obsession with QBs in the QB league, and rightly so. Carson Wentz now, as the thing I keep saying is, just don't overcommit to middle-class QBs. Now the Eagles are jammed up there. Will yeah. the Cowboys make that same mistake? At a time when we're talking about now the new buzz is, I don't know if you're aware, on the AFC side is, is it was sort of, remember when a couple weeks ago, is Kyler Murray now better than Lamar Jackson? The right. new one is, is Josh Allen better than Big Ben Roethlisberger? But now in the NFC East specific conversation, the conversation is, should the Cowboys make the same mistake that the Eagles have made and to Troy Aikman's point, are the Cowboys really in a position to pay Dak Prescott that amount of bank? Is that the right thing to do? It doesn't seem like it is to me, Seth. Well, they would be if they didn't overpay Amari Cooper. They would be if they didn't overpay uh, Zeke Elliott, who I don't know. But they know did. So now what are they, they going to do? Now right, what are they exactly. going to do? Well, we've seen years go by, whether it's the 49ers of the 80s, 90s. We've seen creative accounting, right? We've seen Tom Brady take a bump. Yeah. All right, we'll pay you later on. You know, we've seen it done. It's like... And then it gets done, and it's like, well, how the hell did that happen? Like, all right, well, teams want to be on a winner. Teams want to play for a winning Cowboys team, so they'll take less. They'll take more down the road. But, yeah, it does seem pretty bad. My God, seven 20-plus-yard plays for Baltimore to one for the Cowboys. I don't even remember the Cowboys. Was it Gallup? I guess it was. A, but that was a that was a thrashing. Don't let the score fool you. The score, by the way, which I almost had exactly on Fox, I said 27-17. We were sitting at 27-17 with three and a half minutes left. Uh, I forgot that the Ravens were going to tack one on at the end, 34-17. But, um, Charlotte, I know you thought this was fun. Des Bryant was the star of that game and wasn't even in the game. He tried, and it was going to be a big comeback. You know, nice story against his old team. Really felt for him. I'm a Des fan. Um, he, he's in on the field and gets told, what is it? They, he tested negative in the morning, but then tested positive 
Uh, in the pregame? I, what, what, uh, he tested positive after a negative test. Is, they wasn't tested that what it was? him. They tested him. Yeah, they, he had a negative test and then they tested him and sent him out anyway. And because, I mean, I guess that's what you do. And then they were like, oh, psych, you got to come back. You have COVID. And he was like, what? And they were also, you know, he'd been on the sidelines. I think he'd hugged a few people. Like, yeah, right. And what was what was wild to me about this, too, is that they were like, oh, we have determined that Des Bryant had no close contacts. So everybody else is fine. And I was like, wasn't he in the, like, wasn't he? on the bus or like in the like didn't he get there somehow so <laughs> the game must know, go he, on yeah what the game must go on yeah right. they, they, it's, it's only right. so much nonsense they put up with yeah. um uh. but he was he was not thrilled about this because they pulled him and he went on a tweet storm he said um gonna drink some wine and cope which i just i mean it was such a relatable tweet storm like <laughs> say what you will about des but he he really did tap into i think a lot of things that a lot of people were feeling, which is just going absolutely nuts on, you know, month 15,000 of a pandemic where yeah, he just, right. he let it all out. So I, I enjoyed that. I'm looking, Charlotte. I gave up on some of these tweets because I, I uh, but he, boy, this could be your new move over Virginia. This is your favorite player. I mean, he's got, he retweeted about five pictures or tweeted of wine, different kind of wine. He was really serious about this wine. Um, he was. He said he asked people to quote tweet his tweet with their a picture of them drinking wine. And at that point, I was very tired and I was like, I can't engage with this yeah. anymore. But I respected it. Uh, he he starts with. Um, he starts with. Uh, uh, Tell me why they pulled me from warming up so I can get so I can go get tested. My shit come back positive. I tested positive for COVID WTF. I'm about to drink some wine and cope. Since I'm out, do you guys want to hear about my businesses I've been working on? <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. And then I got COVID, everyone. Yeah, that was, we figured that out from the last 11 tweets. Uh, I'm not drunk yet. Then he goes into all this wine, 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 wine. It's really good. I feel bad for Des. But the way it came about, Dave, it was really, they show my dumb bit, my dumb comedy bit, in which I'm smashing fruit and throwing um, large screen TVs out the window. And then it comes back and it ends with me saying, I'm a, uh, hey, Kurt Menefee, I'm going to make you and the crew a nice smoothie here. And they're like, well, we could use it because we just found out that Des Bryant is out. And then they throw to a pre tape piece about Des Bryant, <laughs> how he, you know, how he's focused, how he's come a long way and how the uh, message is to never quit. And then almost right as they're showing the, the pre tape, which is an uh, interesting decision anyway to show it, um, he tweets that he's quitting the team. He's done for a while. <laughs> Yeah, he's the uh, best. He's the yeah, best. the the limitations, I suppose, of uh, live TV, and uh, that that they're like, well, what are we gonna do? We gotta fill this next three minutes. We kind of pot committed to this feature right. that we shot, right? Um, yeah, I guess we could try to play grab ass for three. Just air it. Just go. Just go. Just air <laughs> the thing. It was really weird. I mean, it was within eight minutes or whatever that it goes public that Des is out of the game, and the producers there in the in the control room or making a big decision like so what are we gonna do it was really <laughs> it, it, it was a it was a funny uh blow by blow kind of you could feel the producer scratching their head like what the hell are we supposed yeah. to do right now and then the reaction of the gang out there uh, was sort of like well here's jay glazer right like he's got the ring and well great job jay it was really surreal to watch the whole thing go it's down. a strange year i mean you have like you know on a sunday you'll have jimmy johnson and terry checking in over zoom you know like a 
We're keeping the older guys safe. It's such a strange year. Jay Glazer, I love him, but I know they didn't mean for to check in with him seven times an hour. I just know that wasn't the plan. And also, he should re- renegotiate his deal since that seems to be the norm uh, rather than, uh, oh, all right, let's. Uh, Jay's going to have to appear a couple more times than normal. If he were such an insider, he could have gone through the entire flight of uh, wine choices by Dez. He's like, First, <laughs> That's right. He's going to start out with a nice Chardonnay, a nice creamy <laughs> Chardonnay, and then he's going to move on. I have a question, Sal. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, I also really identify deeply with running the package anyway, because yeah. it's like what I mean, come on, you you want me to fill three minutes about how Des Bryant has COVID? No, no, no. We are running the thing we worked right. on all week. I really respect that. I also um, that TV. What TV was that? that you, <laughs> how does this work? I'm so I'm always fascinated by these things. That was my actual TV. I was really annoyed with the team. No, yeah. I uh, did you get. No, here's my question. Did you throw? Yeah an old TV out the window and get a new one? Or did you buy one to throw out the window? Oh, okay. So the idea for, for those who didn't see it, I was, uh, I had to look back. I was pretending to look back at me watching the Cowboys uh, Washington team and the bad fake punt on fourth and 10 that was snuffed out. Uh, okay. So I'm watching it. I'm eating, uh, I'm eating pumpkin pie with one hand. I'm in shorts. I have all the cowboy gear. And I'm stunned by the play, but I was like, yeah, but I really had a good reaction to it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't miffed. I was, I was very mature about it. And then we hard cut to me throwing my TV off the balcony, my TV. But it was really, I think they went to Best Buy and bought like a $75 used open box uh, version or something. Okay. I I really wanted to know. I was fascinated. I've always wanted to throw a TV at the window. So I love it. You should do it. I think I seem like an asshole. However, I answer that question, but that is what it was. No, was, no, was I think that's a box. great answer. Yeah, unless unless uh, my uh, the three hours each week that I'm watching the Steelers game, notwithstanding, I I tend to prefer watching TV and movies to be a passive experience. I'm not one of those people who constantly is guessing what does this mean? What's going to happen next? I I generally leave that to the producers, like we talked about with Blue Man Group. Don't involve me in the show. I'm here to watch. I'm not here right. to participate in anything, but I, I still found myself watching you when you threw the um, flat screen off the, the balcony. I thought, here's where Sal's going next. I didn't think the fruit thing was going to happen. Oh. I thought it was going to be you like, well, now what am I supposed to do to watch the game? And then you had to watch the Cowboys on an old tube TV because that's the last time they oh, were halfway decent. Like and yeah. then it turned into a throwback, and you're like, "This is better watching on a tube TV because the I Cowboys haven't that. been good since." A I should have done that. Instead, well, I called back. Fruit. I no, called, I love. Well, I I've pitched. I for three years now, every place <laughs> that I've worked, I have pitched me hitting fruit with a baseball bat as really? a bit, and everyone's like, "Uh, no." Let me tell you something. It's invigorating. Just do it on your own. Um, you I did. Spend... In college, we would take them, like cabbages and <clears throat> hit them with baseball bats. I'm, well, there's that, nothing now, to do in Waterville, Maine. You, now, Wilder, you got a little more scratch. You could buy some more fruit and oh, diversify yeah. a little. I, I thought of you, Dave. I thought of you because fruit of the year is coming up. Yeah. And right. as well, I, that, uh, I pounded yeah, all that fruit and trying to find the, the secret to the Cowboys' success, I obviously did not. Um, I thought about you. There's a lot Stop of choices. Stop standing lot of good choices. for. I, I even though it was that you you did it as a uh, as a pun. I don't like you mentioning the pomegranate. It's a it's uh, an evil, vile, selfish what? fruit that deserves no recognition whatsoever. And what at happened? least you didn't smash up any of the fancy, nice apple varietals. It's no time to be doing that. That's outrageous. Anybody who would impugn physically uh, or otherwise the Honeycrisp or the Envy. 
or any of the other. Oh, brand I have heard forbid. I was no those cosmic crisp. Sure. Don't do that. I, what is your uh, what's your beef with uh, pomegranate? What well, pomegranates there, ever do to you, dude? Yeah, there's no beef. They made me. They, they 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 made me toil. They made me break a sweat to crack their coconut like skin. Their 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 red uh, smaller version of coconut. And for what? Once you get into the pomegranate, you would you, you'd expect to find diamonds or gold or something that tastes good. Instead. You get these little red seeds that make your teeth feel chalky. They're not terribly satisfying. Who the hell does the pomegranate think it is to treat us like this? All this work for that nonsense. Garbage. It might, I I might retire. I've given this some thought over the last couple of years of the Shecky Awards. I mm. might, sometimes if you dominate a category so thoroughly, I just retire it because it's never going to change. Mm. Pomegranate may retire as the, as the Shecky Award winner for worst fruit. Just really, forever. it's up. You know what I'm getting? Grapefruit's you know what I'm, also I'm, in there, though. Too. I'm getting from this. Also. Dave just doesn't want to put in the work for his food. He does. He's the same thing with lobster. You got to right. crack a lobster. You got to do that. That's part of like, oh, good. I'm gonna break this open. All right, before you dip it in butter, it tastes better. But you don't like uh, burning calories to gain calories. I think. Right. Yeah, right. I and right? and I'm the opposite. I think it's fun to have yeah. a, a food present itself as a challenge. I love the satisfaction when you finally get a pomegranate open and there's that smooth, like jewel toned fruit with a bunch of clusters, just like waiting for you. Right. I love that. I feel like, see, again, the tomato is the worst. Once you cut into the tomato, it looks like something that, 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 uh, the food gods or God or whoever never intended to be consumed. Like you uh. look at it like, Oh, 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 it's not done yet. Put it back in. Like that's what the inside of a tomato looks like. Pomegranate too. There's something vaguely. If you look at it, kind of grotesque it looks like a vivisection or whatever it's called of uh of, of a brain or a liver of a you know whenever you see that it's like i don't think we're supposed to be eating this you know right. who's the first one who's the first human who volunteered like yeah i'll i'll, I'll give it a shot yeah let me let I me probably would have i'm gonna be honest i probably would have been was... the guy who's like you know what i'll try it it might kill me but it looks fun I think it was Des Bryant, actually. He was uh, bragging about it a few weeks ago. Um, well, yeah. You know, maybe we should put a list together of the five foods that are not worth that are not worth the work to get to them. I, I do feel, Charlotte, mm -hmm. there are some crabs um, that that grow. Do crabs grow? Yeah, by you. Well, that are not yeah. worth. I don't even know which one there are, but sometimes people go crazy about crabs and mm -hmm. they give you the hammer at the restaurant. It's like, what am I doing this for? I'm that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be eating shells. Uh, <laughs> no doubt about it. But and there's very little meat in here. Right. That does bother me, but mostly because the especially in Maryland, they cover them with Old Bay, which I love. I love the taste of all of it. I hate having gross hands. I hate yeah. when my hands are gross for an extended period of time. And eating crap, yeah, and you get it all over your like your glass if you're trying to drink some. It's just, right. it's a lot. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, here's a hot take. I'm with you. I'm with Charlotte. I like that restaurants now when you go to them now a lot or the the ones uh, the crab uh, the old bay crab joints that are so, sort of popular even here in Southern California these days. They give you now the little plastic gloves, so that uh, that removes that issue. Right. I'm with you though. Yes, Otherwise, that's true. That's true. Here's a you want a hot take from Damashek. I, I like them. I like the spice it puts all over your lips and it makes you drink beer and everything. But crawfish in and of themselves, unsatisfying. They don't fill your belly. You need a mm. meal. Mm. If you get crawfish, they'll spice your lips up nice so you'll drink the beer and that's good. But satisfying as a meal themselves, no. 
No, they're not. I'm with you. All right. Yeah, let's get a list together. It is okay. interesting. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's funny. We suspend all of our day. You know, you can go to a nice, right? You get the napkin and the shirt and everything. Yeah. And then the, the next meal is you have your crab. You're cracking crab on newspaper. It's uh, well, it all points to, like you say, it's a it's a good reminder for everybody. The Shecky Awards are fast approaching the 27th annual Shecky Awards, nice. including the categories. Uh, worst food to eat after you brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, Does that the, change uh, year to year? Sure, sure, it changes. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> it depends on uh, on the specific information. On, as a yeah, as another one, on your teeth. Yeah, everybody I noticed uh, over the last couple of days, it's that time of year where people are now putting out their uh, their best uh, their best movie lists right now, which again uh, is a reminder uh, the Shecky Awards category of best movie I watched this past year. It doesn't have to have been released that year. Now, 1917 is a contender this year. I've been watching that one. Uh, I mean, I, I awesome. every night now for the last, literally the last four nights now, at some point during the night, I go on the DVR and I watch the scene when he wakes up from being knocked out in the, uh, to find um, the, the blown out town all lit up by the flares and the fire yeah. and, the, and the music swells. And it's a great mo- moment in cinema. And I don't know how Netflix or otherwise will ever replace the grandeur of that on the silver screen. Cause I'm an old curmudgeon, but it's awesome. But then I also watched night shift <laughs> with Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler and boy, great that movie. holds up. It is hysterical. That's, uh, you know that's in the running that and it what's his name to, chuck chuck and this is chuck reminding phil to bill shut, uh, bill to shut, to shut up, up to up, shut up to shut up awesome. shut up oh, it's just the best well, i haven't listen. seen that one. Oh, that's a great one i gotta you watch go it. back Night ron howard michael keaton it really but it also blends in some early 80s um uh, michael keaton that is it's best. really funny at but, his I mean, best, but I think, in that movie. Forget hysterical, Batman. but not yeah. slapstick. I mean, there's a, a no. couple of actually sweet moments in there when right. he's talking about his childhood yeah, yeah. and everything. He's awesome. Right I out feel of the like gate, we all like, know someone great. like that. That's That was like the, the guy who graduated next to last or last in your class, but sweet guy, and uh, <laughs> you rooted for him the whole time. All right, Dave, all this pomegranate uh, movies from 1982, we're not going to avoid talking about the Steelers-Washington team. That was uh, a little after we left you Monday. It was the matinee game. The Steelers jumped out to a 14-0 lead. That line, according to Fandle, opened at 10, went down to as low as 5. They're up 14-0. A big play. I can't believe you're not screaming about this, but Washington is about to line up for a field goal. They screw up the clock management. They have to get the field goal team on the field and kick the ball within like 10 seconds. Looks like it's not happening. Then the ball is gone. It's missing. Alex Smith, who was bleeding all over, t- terrified every viewer out there because they thought it was the bad leg that was bleeding. No, it was the other leg. Anyway, too many close-ups of that. But anyway, he has his wits about him to steal the ball, forcing the referees to stop the clock and saying, hey, we got to find this ball somewhere. They can't keep their eye on a ball. The six guys can't keep their eye on the ball. The um, What should have been delay a game and end of half, they march their team out there and they kick a field goal, make it 14-3, 14-10. Steelers fall apart, lose the game. What are your thoughts? First of all, yeah, Alex Smith would not be out of place if he just sort of walked through in the background of 1917 as the camera just, uh, (laughs) and the never-ending roll of uh, that two hours there in the movie. But uh, 
yeah, because because I'm a great guy. I feel like it would be bad if I look back and pointed at that play because in the moment it didn't feel that substantial that it was 14-3. It did give me some pause like, well, Washington does get the ball now to start the second half, but I don't understand what wonkiness went on there. It's hard for me to complain <clears throat> too hard about that or, or cite that. It was that cheating. Degree. What do you mean it was cheating? I know, what but the- what the hell happened? I I Because I, I, honestly... I don't, I'm not clear on exactly what he knew what, what he down. was doing. He, 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 he knew. Says, what did he, he say? He says that he was bringing, he was trying to bring the ball back as quickly as possible so they could get the K ball out, even though in that situation, you don't switch the ball because there's such little time left. Right. So the clock should have run down, but Smith just took the, he found a loophole. So it, but no one's ever said like, don't do this. It's just sort of understood that you don't yeah. need to switch the ball if there are only, what, six seconds left on the yeah, clock? Yeah, right, yeah. So what should have happened probably is after that happened, it was exactly what you said, delay of game, but for some reason, the refs were like, uh, no, you know what, go ahead. So it, it was all very weird. I don't know. Do you think that that was, like, is that, it that, enough to say that that's what lost the Steelers. Well, here's what, no, no, probably not. Obviously you should score in the second half. You should be able to run the ball. And I'm sure Dave will get into all that's, that's my, but that's my point is I'm vexed. And I'm like, I'm not going to point at that as the reason why they're more substantial issues. But how about the refs do something they have to be able to do the math on it, right? They have to be like, like, okay, we're not going to give them the full eight seconds to, to run with the clock runs on our count. Like, no, run it down to three, at least make it as close as it was going to be to them getting the kick off. I don't know. It just that that was a big break. Anyway, that gave them life. But you're going to say they're not running the ball. Go Can ahead, I just so. say real yeah. quick that I mm-hmm. did say on Monday that I could see this being the game that Washington wins? I couldn't. I, Can I, I get I a little shocked. bit of credit? Yes, I will give you a little credit. We will Thank give you credit. I want to congratulate 95% of football America who predicted that Washington was going to win this game. I've never seen more back padding for what for uh, collectively. Every, right. I mean, well, I swear, I was, it, everybody it was picked Washington to win this one and everybody was patting them. So I told you. It's like, yeah, all right. Guess what? Undefeated is uh, is highly unlikely, as I've been saying, too, that they're not going to go undefeated. I don't know about the running thing per se. I think people what, what makes me crazy is like we've talked about, it's the notion that it's it's something that is inherent to Pittsburgh. It's all like, I mean, during the game, after the game, the analysis from a lot of these talking heads was, this isn't right. I mean, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're supposed to impose their physical will and run the ball. That really isn't uh, germane here in 2020, is it? Whether or not they can... What's, what's vexing is that they can't make a yard by hook or by crook. It's crazy... Yeah. In the last couple few weeks, how 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 mightily they struggle to make a couple of yards, and it's a consistent issue there. And the script is kind of flipped by the injuries, as we always talk about. If you bellyache about injuries, um, guess what? Thirty-one other teams are also complaining about injury. You can't really point to that. The Steelers do their puncher's chance remains their Hall of Fame quarterback, first ballot guy. He's got to now carry the load the rest of the way, whether. That makes Steelers fans or otherwise comfortable. That's the premise the rest of the way here. The defense is not coming to save the well, day. There is no run game to save the day. They're not built to powerhouse grind you between the tackles at this point. They need a little bit of pre-snap motion, get back to where they were in the first six weeks of the season, but it still is the right arm of number seven. And you know what? Call me an optimist. I believe. 
I still believe that that I is the I see you have the Avenged t-shirt in the background. You're, uh, oh man, sales dip mightily, mightily after the loss, but I think it'll pick up. No, I, I think you're right. It does uh, end uh, the begin and end on Big Ben's right arm, but can they help out a little? I'm, I'm wondering if this is all uh. the receivers. Pro- Seven drops Monday, 31 on the year, which is 10 more than the second place team, the second worst team in this category. But I don't know. Are some of these passes, you see him, he's, he's, ba- he's backfooting some of these passes. They're a little behind the receivers. I don't know what gets called for a drop and what doesn't. It does seem like Ebron is, a, the, is the specific villain here. There are a few others. who Claypool drop passes, I know, a couple weeks ago. Deontay um, Johnson's been the main guy because he's getting so many uh, targets week yeah. in and week out. And rightly, except for the ba- fact that uh, – He's not hanging on to the ball. Yeah, no, I don't think um, at age 38, um, Ben Roethlisberger is suddenly starting to put the elbow surgery has created some mysterious spin on the ball that makes it uncatchable. I think I don't know what is this plague, but (laughs) this is now the Steelers are not the, 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 the pounding the table. Why are they not running more? Because they have no ability to run the ball. They can't, <clears throat> the, the offensive line and otherwise don't allow them to grind. It's so weird. You. Yeah. He's got to throw the ball, which is fine. And if, to your point, Sal, if those receivers are catching the ball over the last fortnight with any bit, uh, with any more regularity, they're still on We're not talking about yeah. these. So we're not, but, right. and, and also there's no hand wringing from the week before because all the Ravens drops that game rightly should have been about the same score that the Ravens beat the Cowboys by is about what the Steelers would have beaten the Ravens by had the Steelers receivers just caught the ball. It's, it's, it's really a weird thing that this has infected apparently the entire receiving core. And then everybody's now on the banks of the three rivers wringing their hands about why did they throw to the, to the running back because he was singled up with John Bostick who's about as fast as I am. That's yeah, why. I don't know. I just, I get it. But he's ultimately the third string running back on a wheel route. You don't want to go out. I mean, I think you work backwards here. Know, like, okay, <clears throat> which call is going to get me the most shit in the media? It's like, okay, let's throw a wheel route. To but the other that, guys weren't I mean, catching the ball. Everybody's, they have four great receivers. Yeah, aren't we all talking about how they aren't catching the ball? Isn't that kind of the, he's I didn't have a problem with a, any of their a, play calls. I, I they, they got busted at the goal line. That was a great goal line uh, stance for uh, Washington. Really, really good. You, you're having trouble running the ball. You have to mix it up a little. I get it. Um, but they, they have to. They have to fix that soon. Let right? me just I say mean, one thing. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, or or they won't. And right. this isn't exactly a uh, a nimble um, right. coaching staff that's going to make adjustments in mid December. That you know they they tend to be obstinate. And to the previous point, they're going to kind of ride with their Hall of Fame QB. They're not going to make massive overhauls in sure. in how they approach things. Um, but the other side of things is too, there was another team that was playing there. It's not all, I mean, people tend to get caught up in why my team isn't doing well is because of my team. Um, but Washington, man, I'll tell you, I think if I had to choose on the NFC side of things, if I were one of the, uh, higher seeds, I think if I get to choose, I'll take the giants right now. I know the defense is playing well, but I would not want that Washington team rolling in because in the postseason. When you can do what that pass rush, what that front can do, that's mm-hmm. scary, man. That 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 is all of a sudden looming in the because of the breakout the last couple of weeks. Man, what that is that is some uh, group, huh? Giants defense 
arguably as good. Ask Eddie Spaghetti. Uh, that, that's what's keeping these teams around, right? With the uh, backup quarterback. I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled yeah. with this NFC East resurgence, um, which not. is also funny because yeah. they've each still, Washington <laughs> and the Giants have only won five games. So but, and I, sorry, it's amazing. So. Well, no, I, I will say this. I think now Dave was talking about how the Cowboys are in trouble and for sure are, but I think the Eagles now having named uh, Jalen Hurts as their starter and have Carson Wentz, who they're paying $750 million to, I think they are in worse shape right now than the Cowboys. Right now, that could change in a week or two or whatever. But I feel like this is three out of four Decembers that Carson Wentz hasn't made it through in the last you know, four years. So, Yeah, well, yes. And Carson Wentz is, I I don't know how the Eagles fix this problem. I feel like this is a, at least a three-year problem that the mm -hmm. Eagles are just sort of stuck with. And then maybe you can talk about what do you do after that. But I don't, I mean, even a team, a team that if a team traded for, you know, a first round pick for Carson Wentz or even a second round pick, wouldn't they still be stuck with like 47 million in? Yeah. And sometimes they offset some of the money. Sometimes there's deals to be made, but yeah, for the most part, they're stuck with this. Yeah. So I, I feel like my, my more important point though, is I think both of your teams set you guys free a little bit this week, the Cowboys, you mm -hmm. don't have to worry about them anymore. Sal. you can, oh, you it's can, so great. And yeah. and Dave, I mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but maybe there is if you if you lose a game in an undefeated season, then you don't have to worry about losing a game. I don't know if there that's true or not. Well, what you're talking about, I think, is uh, is the curse of Sposta. Again, the Steelers <laughs> now, this notion that they're supposed to do anything now. Now it's uh, it, it does liberate you a little bit to sort of look in, and root for the plucky bunch that no one believes in. That's basically <laughs> what you want. I mean, that's really, I feel right. like, where the, the position you want to be in. But the thing with Carson Wentz that a lot of Eagles fans, I feel like, are pointing to, the issue is, if you kind of do the math on it, and it's not a, a, a perfect hypothesis, but they uh, Carson Wentz is tracking to be the MVP. Then he comes to play the Rams. He has that weirdo hit where he's up in the air and he his knee gets hurt or whatever. Um, and then Nick Foles and uh, you guys probably heard they ended up winning the Super Bowl. Then Frank Reich leaves and Doug Peterson stays and Carson Wentz stays and Nick Foles stays for another year. And things haven't been right since. I think it's mm. Frank Reich. But the mm -hmm. but the sure. thing is, well, Frank Reich knows how to fix Carson Wentz. That's isn't that the obvious answer now? So the Carson Wentz just goes to Indianapolis. Why would Chris Ballard want or anyone else nah. want to take on any amount of that contract if it's Carson Wentz? Why would you say, we'll fix the damage guy, the guy with all the question marks around him who still is owed by our franchise if we take that contract on any amount of that contract? Why would you not basically start from scratch? Or right. take a run at Dak Prescott, for that matter. Why, why would you go for Carson Wentz? At I this went point? through the standings. Like, let's just yeah. wash our hands. If you're let, Eagles, just need to move on from Carson Wentz. You can't. You overcommitted to him. That's your problem. Right. Yeah. It's just uh, I, I'm so used to now the Dak Prescotts, the Josh Allens. Like these are guys you want to watch playing quarterback, right? That can make plays yes. with their feet, and it's just different. So it's like you talk about the market being saturated, like. I feel like it won't be until we have the Kyla Murrays and the Josh Allens and all those guys um, taking snaps for every team. I know it's asking a lot, but just the just the the look of a quarterback has to be different nowadays. It, it just it can't be the the Carson Wentz, the statuesque guys. Um, I got good news for you, Sal. Yeah. There there are at least uh, three or five of them on the way in the first round next spring. Probably. That is that's yeah. the point of QB saturation. There are so many quarterbacks out there 
ready to fill in. And if they're not in the NFL yet, they're about to be via the draft. Remember, we don't know what Jameis Winston looks like anymore, but maybe he's still good. I think also before we got going, Sal, I said the uh, and it's interesting because the the Patriots have Cam Newton as their quarterback out here in Southern California. It still Mm. is bizarre with Cam Newton, the the guy who he would have been the number two, two in 2011, except that Andrew Luck decided to go back to Stanford uh, for an extra year. Either way, that Andrew Luck, he is a pivotal figure still in the NFL because of his retirement. If he doesn't Mm -hmm. retire in 2019, which remains bizarre, two weeks. And again, the pass that he gets versus what other guys would have received had, had, had they retired two weeks before a promising season. I mean, the Colts in 2019 were built the premise of them was, boy, this is going to be a scary team this year. And then Andrew Luck, two weeks before that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hang it up. Like people, are like, hey, give him credit. He's a warrior. What if Cam Newton had done that? What if Cam no, Newton I two know. weeks before his season was like, yeah, I'm done. I, I, my body's beaten up. Imagine the reaction to that. But the point is, anyway, uh, if I have one, uh, is that Andrew <laughs> Luck is, you know, so he moves on. But where would Phil Rivers be and everything else? But Cam Newton was still out there, uh, uh, you know, uh, a handful of days sure. before the season started. I, the, the the problem is that the Eagles have made the the cardinal error, the cardinal mistake of giving that amount of money to Carson Wentz. And now they're really jammed up. And to your point, like, oh, well, Jalen Hurts is going to be fine. You got number 11 burning a hole on the bench now for the next year, at least, at least through 2021. I, I don't know how they're yeah. relevant next year with with the Giants and Washington. It's going to be interesting. Like they're, they're tracking in a better direction. <clears throat> well, I don't want to leave Charlotte out of this. We're not jumping past your team. You play the Rams. Still hanging on for dear life. FanDuel has the Rams Thursday night football. Hopefully my seventh winner in a row. So I won't I won't tell you which way I'm leaning. But the Rams are a five and a half point favorite. 45 and a half is the over under. Uh, one thing the Cowboys could have done your team a favor yesterday, Charlotte, because mm-hmm. the problem with the Patriots is they're playing tough, but they're not gaining ground on anyone. The Colts right. play Vegas this week. That's another game they won't gain, gain ground on, right? Right. Uh, but plus 620 to make the playoffs. I cannot believe we're entering week 14 and the New England Patriots, you can get over six to one odds on that team to make the playoffs. Are you feeling it at all? Or is this just like we're at moral victories the rest of the way? I don't know, Sal. I mean, I think for this game, I would take the Pats. I don't necessarily know that they can beat the Rams, but I do think they can keep it very close. I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe that's just rose colored glasses, but um, I don't know. Maybe you beat a team 45 to zero. You gotta, you gotta get some, you gotta get some confidence out of that. Sure. Uh, even if it is the Chargers, but I mean that they're comp. They're so there's so many good teams that the Patriot that would have to start playing yeah. very badly suddenly and all at once and for a an extended period of time for the Pats to really be in this conversation. That I no, I'm not getting my. I will be. I will be shocked if the Pats um, do anything meaningful all past. Right. The regular season. Charlotte not touching the plus 620. Dave, is there any value in that or too many teams to skip? Dolphins would have to be out or so. Colts, one of these teams. Raiders. Well, the thing that happens is yeah. the, the thing that that uh, week by week is what makes the, the soap opera of pro football 
so engaging is no matter how much people want to talk about rated here, rated there. It's not there's not a UPI coaches poll to evaluate these things. It's the right. standings. And of course, they don't exist in a vacuum. As you mentioned, the Raiders and Colts, one of those team emerges from the weekend with a loss. So that's one lower coming back to the Patriots. And if the Patriots can beat the Rams, then right. they're they're that much closer. I, Charlotte's point is right that you need teams to to come back, but they're going to naturally because they have head to heads with the other teams in that uh, seven, eight team mix above them. The team that I, I I told you about the other day that is scary now and a ma- massive swing game upcoming is this Ravens Browns game. Now, all of a sudden the mm. Ravens, everybody just decides on these things. People just decide at some point the Ravens are done. They, they're not, you saw them last night, right? That's what they yeah. can do. They, yeah. I know that the Cowboys had some quit in them, but you know, I get to contradict myself from 11 minutes ago. I <laughs> I wish the Steelers had the ability to break a team's will physically. The Ravens possess that will. I mean, possess that ability. Man, in December and otherwise, when you can just truck teams like that and you get into the second half and you can just pound a team like that, you get you. I mean, you really feel like that. That it, it is the reflected sort of puff your chest out stuff that football fans experience, like. Ravens fans watching that were like, that's right. You don't mess with the ball. Like they they steamrolled the Cowboys. Well, the they ran half. into they just, just the right will. defense. They ran into Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, who was a it was a three stooges uh, act. <laughs> like they really they guessed wrong on every single play, every run play. Sure. Honestly, I think Benny Snell and uh and uh McFarlane would have run for a, a buck fifty against Dallas yesterday. Maybe, but, but no, it but helps. The, but, but the point is, man, I know we got the, a lot of games before then, but that Ravens Browns one, boy, everybody, all, one. everybody in Cleveland, see, everybody's now decided Baker Mayfield is good. I mean, talk no, about the uh, the soap opera uh, being personified by one human being. It is Baker Mayfield. Like he's good. No, he's not good. There he is. See, but if yeah. you do this, um, I, I want to get that- into that next uh, on Friday more. But yeah, just out that this might be the biggest overreaction week, thirteen to fourteen that we see. Steelers are no good. Oh, Bills, every every receiver was over in that game for Josh Allen was open in that game. That looked like a college, uh, a Big 12 offense out there. Uh, the Steelers don't have a chance. Seattle, what's wrong with them? I, I feel like everybody uh, jumped ship on a lot of these teams a little too early. And some of these uh, lines, right. these odds are reflective of that. I think, um, I, and all, but the, but just since it's the one coming up, and we won't talk again, let's issue our picks here on the Patriots and Rams. Go ahead. I'm going to take the Rams, but boy, I mean, uh, with the points. But I mean, I'm I'm nervous about that because the Patriots really are turning every game into a knuckler. I mean, that's yeah. what they're. That's the, I mean, obviously, that's what they're trying to do, and. You know, uh, uh, Brian Flores, who was maybe the key figure in the Super Bowl 18, 20 months ago or whatever it was um, against the Rams. Obviously, he and Belichick figured out how to um, how to confuse Jared Goff. It could be a similar game. I mean, that that was the Rams. Right. Right. That was a 13 three game. Yeah, I would take the under on this. But I don't do that. So I'm not doing it. Oh, yeah. You're over, girl. You can't take the under. No, but I would take the over. Okay, the Rams, but Sal called the Rams uh, a couple weeks ago as being the best team in the West, and I questioned that. And now I am gonna jump over to that side. I don't know if they're the best, but I, they're, they're, they they certainly gotta, should be able to beat fits, the, this, this team by a style. This fits your January style. They're getting the running game together. Darrell Henderson, uh, Cam Akers, all of a sudden a, a star 
uh, right. running back. I, right. Jared Goff is the question mark, but you know they're going to play defense every week. I feel like uh, I've said right. this before, but I think McVay has a talk with Jared Goff. Like, hey, you really disappointed me last week. Can you step it up? And then he does just that. He looks great. The play action's working in the Rams. Uh, talk about steamrolling teams. Like, they beat up on Arizona. Uh, the, the score was closer than than uh, than that indicates. But all right, so Charlotte, you have to make a pick. Pats, Rams, you're going to take the five and a half. You're not saying yeah. they're going to win. You could take the yeah. five and a half. I'll all take right. the five and a half. I also think that as I sit here listening to, I'm convincing myself that the Pats could have a playoff, could do something meaningful. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I said they couldn't, and now I'm like, well. But... I think you might need a forfeit in there somewhere from the Dolphins. Yeah, I know, Ravens. I know, I know. So I don't think it's true, but I just got optimistic for a second. Well, you well, got it, Charlotte. Two. So you do start yeah. doing the math on all these things. So right. what you need is the Colts to lose, uh, to beat the Raiders because the Patriots have the head-to-head over the Raiders. This right. is the math that's super fun. If you are... If you are the Chiefs and I'm in the weird spot of the Steelers and I'm doing the math of like, how do they get that? And now I'm depressed if the Steelers don't at least get to the the AFC title game. There's a fun to being in the bottom of the playoff picture and like doing right. that. It's really fun. I, I Some of my memories is sitting around uh, Aunt Roberta and Uncle Scott's house around oh. Christmas time and then opening up the old newspaper and being like, so, okay, so now we need this and here's the mathematical possibility and here's how you get the wild card. That's a whole fun bag uh, in and of itself. So that's totally. what you get and the I'm new 21st good century style. I'm at math to be able to hold all of that in my head at one time. So I just feel vaguely hopeful because I think maybe there's a chance with the math that it could work. Here's the thing. We're, we're talking about the other teams that they have to leapfrog. They also have to win games. They're at the Rams. They have a tough schedule here. At the Rams, yeah. at Miami, home versus Buffalo, and then home against the Jets. They'll win that. But- I think they could beat Miami. They're going to be underdog, I think, in two of those games. We know they're an underdog in the Rams game. It's right there for them is the point. That's the thing. These games are not like it's not like they're playing teams that aren't in the league that they're up against. It's not like their record is is siloed from everybody else's. They're playing each other head to head. So there's the big swing week to week. I mean, I look at it the other way. They don't really don't get a break until the last week and it might not matter uh, then. But yeah, Rams, Dolphins. Bills is a t- as tough a three game slate as well, that's, you could probably imagine. It's that. funny. I I I I said to you, Sal, um, I was legitimately surprised on Tuesday morning. I was anxious to open FanDuel and see one the Cleveland and Baltimore number, and to see the Pittsburgh Buffalo number. And I got to I, I I try to play the guess the spread uh, mm-hmm. game that I came up with. I invented that about fifteen <laughs> years ago. And um, somebody should do that. But anyway, it's a fun weekly thing to do. (laughs) But I like to do that to see how I lean. Um, I I swear I I haven't been more off on a a line all football season long than I was. I thought Buffalo would open it six point at, at minus six. Wow. I didn't no. look at it. I didn't Not look at, at it 11 before and 0, the 11 Washington and one game. Team. No way. No way. I don't know, no. man. But I mean, again, like Charlotte's well, or, or what you said, well, they're going to be underdogs and everything. Like I also assume the position that is like, yeah, well, if the Steelers can't beat I don't I mean, I'm not gonna make a pick here, but Buffalo, that seems dodgy up in Buffalo. But then they play the Colts and they play at Cleveland and people are they saying, like, are they going to lose the number one? Or are they going to lose the number two? See, well, if they don't beat those teams, then they won't deserve it. That's right. that's my whole point about they're overrated. This team's a better underrated. Like, well, they get to play each other, fortunately, for all of our eyeballs. And these these things will clarify 
by virtue of 60 minutes of football. Not to sound like an old hardo, but really that is what the, like, what are they going to, who's better? Like, I don't know. They're going to play each other. And I guess we'll, we'll uh, find out about it. Right. I think it worked perfectly for those, uh, the people who love to the reactionary betters, right? Because the Steelers going into Monday were a two and a half point favorite over the bills in that game, having still both teams had to play a game before that happens. And then another week. Um, and then we saw the Steelers get beat by Washington and we saw the Bills look like, you know, Josh Allen was the next Patrick Mahomes. And so that swung five points. And I think that's plenty and maybe too much to now the Bills uh, two and a half point favorite. One guy we haven't talked about because he had a buy is uh, Tom Brady and his coach, Bruce Arians. I don't think he gets enough credit for some of the, uh, the silly things he says on a weekly basis, you know, starting with going after Tom Brady uh, almost every week, definitely every week that he loses. But Bruce Arians said, Home field in the playoffs doesn't matter this year. Um, <laughs> I think 43-year-old Tom Brady would be like, all right, slow your roll there. It matters to me just in fact by the fact that I don't want to travel. Right. I don't want to go to Wisconsin in January. I don't want to go to these other places. I really don't want to be in Tampa either, but I'd rather just stay still and not have to go on the road, A. And B, what is this saying to the handful of fans that are allowed to uh to to enter the stadium in Tampa. Like, yeah, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. You're no good for us. You're not doing anything for us. 9,000 people who are, I don't want to say risking their lives, but at least um the, the, you know, making a statement coming out here and rooting for us. But yeah, stay home. You're no good to us. Very strange yeah, the, to me. There's something kind of um impressive about saying something like that because there are so many reasons not to say it. There are so many reasons that Bruce Arians yeah. just should not have said that. And he comes out there and he's like, yeah, well, who cares? And it's like, a lot of people care, man. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people care. And I feel like he keeps doing that, you know, when he, I guess, two weeks ago was like, uh, well, you know, Tom makes all the play calls. So you're sort of, he's like, well, it's this guy's fault. But, uh, you know, I'm just here. It's like he, <laughs> there, it's, he might not have been media trained or he's media trained and is, is just, you know, keeping it interesting. I don't know. Doesn't I like care. it though. I hope he keeps saying things like, that. Oh, I like color. I like coaches going off the rails too. This isn't too, necessarily yeah. off the rails, but, and I get it, Dave, like, you know, the Superdome New Orleans isn't packed. It's different. You're not going there in January, although they seem to lose that game every year. Anyway, New Orleans at home and Lambeau, you know, again, not going to see any Lambeau leaps, not going to get the uh, advantage that way, but just the travel part of it would make you think that they, uh, and by the way, they're certainly playing as if home field doesn't matter. That's the other thing. <laughs> I feel like, yes, first of all, Bruce Arians is in the eye of the storm and, you know, is he not getting along with Tom Brady? It's kind of like filing a lawsuit against other states when you're in legal trouble yourself to provide some sort of distraction from, from your own issues. Like, yeah, by the way, home field. Oh yeah, yeah. I know we're only seven and five and we have no chance of, um, playing home games, ergo, home field doesn't matter. Um, mm. Mm. There is something, and I, I, it, it is one of my favorite aspects. I always, I, I mentioned it already, but it really is the 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 psychological um, impact of mm. the of sposta when you're supposed to do it, and how that weighs on certain teams. That, and it is true that if you're the favored team, if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you're playing the Tennessee Titans, who are not supposed to be out on the field with you last uh, January, and things that, as you're running into the locker room at halftime, and the crowd has that nervous murmur 
going like, oh, Jesus, are we going to lose? We're 14 mm. and two. And we're going to lose that stuff from the crowd. That that energy, that nervous energy does permeate down to the sidelines and it helps the visiting team and it hurts yeah. the I've, I've talked to a lot of players. I'm like. Do you mm -hmm. feel that because cheering, like, do you care if teams or fans are cheering? Does that, does the noise get to you? And people will tell you players will say like, yeah, in Seattle, it does actually get hard to, if you're yeah. on the offensive line, it's hard. And that Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett did in fact get a split second jump because of the, because of the crowd noise and Superdome was a home field advantage, but also the. The uh, the opposite is true, that when things start to go against you and the home team, like Philadelphia, actually, imagine how much worse this would be if there were home crowd, if there were fans in the stadium right, right now. The, the Eagles, the only good thing they have going for them is that there's nobody there to watch and boo no them. No one can throw batteries if they're not. It's even, right. it, would be, it would be even worse. But anyway, well, let me I, just hear, say I this, kind of hear his point, but if he has to go play and it's minus three <clears> degrees in, in – uh, in Green Bay, I, I suspect that will have uh, an impact on 43-year-old Tom Brady. How about this, Bruce Arians? The Packers 5-1 and one at home. New Orleans 5-1 and one at home. Uh, Rams 4-1 and one at home. Seattle, that's the big one you named, Dave. 5-1 and one at home. I think it still means something. Kansas City 5. Well, they had 5-1 and one at home. But uh, at Pittsburgh 6-1. I don't know. These are, these were, this is 90% wins at home. I guess I, it's not against playoff teams uh, all the time, but... Still something. And by the way, how about this? The Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year. What if they said to Bruce Arians, hey, we know you made it to the Super Bowl, but we want to bubble this thing up. Bubble Rock is not available. But there is a place in Wyoming that we're thinking about playing this game just so that we can get it. You cool with that? Or do you want it in Tampa? You all right? Does home field matter or does it not? I don't know. I think that's something to uh, keep an eye on for sure. What if sure. they're going to fire the cannon? That's, I don't know if that's going to enhance or... Oh, uh, yeah. Or or, or make the Super Bowl cheesy if every score in the Super Bowl, that cannon goes off. Have you ever been in the stadium when that thing goes off? I have not, no. It's terrifying every time. Every time. Really? If you ain't ready for it you and you forget about it for a split second, that boom. I <laughs> but it, I guess my conclusion is, uh, is, uh, is I would do terribly in war. But, I mean, like that bang <laughs> of that cannon is is just terrifying and takes years off your life. There's like a scene the in night. In 1917, where they show the cannon in Tampa Bay, right? right? I think I, I, I'm not. Maybe I didn't watch it so closely. I think so. <laughs> it's like Sorry, the worst Sean. version of the um, the Marlins home run dinger machine that they oh, got right. rid of. That thing was just absolutely <laughs> glorious. I, I miss it every day. But... I miss all that shit. I know. Yeah. I wish we. Ah, the best more. ever was that was Bernie Brewer. Like a, that, we got so politically correct. I'm generally politically correct, I suppose, more often than not. But that 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 we got so sideways that we had to get rid of a team named for beer, which we should celebrate endlessly, the Milwaukee mm -hmm. Brewers. And they would punctuate a home run by having their mascot slide into a giant glass of beer <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and then be like, well, that sends a bad message. To whom? What the <laughs> hell? They're yeah. named Brewers. It's an outrage. That was the best celebration. This cannon thing, boy, it's cool in theory, but when you're there, it really terrifies you. Or it terrified me, I'll tell you that. Well, we can't go to the games for the most part, but we could still add a little excitement to our sports-watching experience by betting on all the action. FanDuel Sportsbook this football season. There's a reason why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Actually, there's like seven reasons. Let me read a couple. Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets. They have unique, fun bet types like same game parlays and exclusive always on promotions to let you get more action 
out of every game day. And if you win, they get your winning safely in as little as 24 hours. Right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. No strings attached. Any bet you want, you win, you keep the cash, you lose, you'll get the entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit. Now, these same game parlays, I'm hitting you with this right away. Let's do this for the Thursday game. I can't pick it. Charlotte, you pick anything that happens in the game. You could pick how many times they're going to bring the chains out to measure for a first down. You like the under? You want to just go under? Yeah, I like the under. I hate, I mean, no, no, no. I hate unders. I like this under. She has to go with this under. We're kind of forced to go with this under 45 and a half. Dave, I'm going to say Cam Akers scores the first touchdown. All right. So now we have two. Do you want to add add one? Well, I I I hate to throw a knuckler your way here, but is there a total turnovers? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Yes. I'd I like to I, go. I don't see it right now. I bet it's about two, two and a half. Oh, two, two and a half. I was gonna say it might be with these two and the matchup and everything, it might be as high as three and three and a half. I I, I would say that there will be a minimum of four turnovers in this game. So wow. if you're anywhere close to that number being right, I say take the over on um combined turnovers. All right. There you go. Uh so there I you like go. this. That would this be our one. same game parley. Cam Akers first touchdown, the over and turnovers, and the under in the game forty five and a half, which would make sense uh in a low scoring game. So let's do that. Do that on your same game parlay. If you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what the hell are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Get started. Be sure to sign up with promo code extra points so they know we sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook promo code extra points. College football, it didn't happen exactly like we wanted it to. We wanted Harbaugh to have uh, Jim Harbaugh to hold a press conference and say, Guess what, Ohio State? We're backing out of this game and then snicker into his uh, into his uh, windbreaker or something. But it didn't happen. Can't, Michigan canceled the game against Ohio State. They're not playing. They were about a 27-point underdog, Michigan. So this is a big win for Jim Harbaugh. But it seems as if Kirk Herbstreet apologized just a little early. This is, uh, like I said, not as dramatic, not really Harbaugh's call, but ultimately Michigan backs out of this game. And now... We have to decide if Ohio State has enough of a resume to get into that Big Ten championship. Um, what do you think? What do you guys think of this? I just think it's one of those crazy things where college football is is so subjective already and depends on rankings and on choices yeah. that people make because, you know, there are simply too many teams for the standings to do that, which I understand. But now you have even fewer examples or for people's people to base opinions on. So it's like, I don't know, flip a coin. Like, honestly, people are going to say people are going to go so hard in both directions. And I mean, I think I I don't know. I this is one of those things where I'm just like this year is so uh, Ohio State's played what five games. Yeah. So, you know, what can you tell from five games except that they look pretty good? I mean, (laughs) I don't know how you even begin to make these decisions. Well, it, it, the NCAA makes it tough because say what you will about the NFL, I guess they're following their protocol, I guess, with numbers wise and they're canceling it once in a while. Steelers will get screwed by having to play on a Tuesday and a Wednesday, whatever. And Denver has to start a quarterback no one's ever seen, you know, before. But at least you kind of know that everyone's playing the same amount of games. Fo- college football is so messed up. Virginia Tech, there'll be a team that plays with 27 scholarship players out for COVID reasons, but then another game canceled. 
I think we can see that Ohio State is one of the top four teams. But what do you do? They, they the conference right. made a decision early on and said no. You have to play X well, amount. It's which which rule do you decide to follow is right. what it comes down to, and that's what's so unfair and kind of stupid about the whole thing. Which rule do you follow, Dave? Which rule would you follow? Well, listen, the it, it's funny all this. Uh, I, I I keep belly aching about uh, everybody talking about pro football teams, overrated, underrated. I like the head to head and that revealing who's better and. Ohio State beat Indiana, but they 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 barely beat them in Ohio State. And if we're throwing all this crap out the window and everybody knows Ohio State belongs in this thing, like, all right, they barely beat Indiana. All right, how about Indiana gets to play Ohio State again just to make sure we're 100%, 100% about this. One thing that's remained consistent in this weird year is SEC bias. Why is Indiana... 12th, still behind Georgia. I mean, it makes no sense. People just decided that that's the case, and that's why we have to move forward because we all know that the SEC They don't want to put you in a good Fat! bowl game without Mannix, without the quarterback, or Penix. They don't want to put you in that. Uh, there. But uh, I, 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 I don't know what you're doing here. I, I would say this, and I'm holding a ticket for Northwestern to win the Big Ten, and even I would feel weird about it if they if that cashed because Ohio State got bounced, but they did make the decision ahead of time. But if you listen to Barry Alvarez and all the decision makers there, they're putting them in. They're putting them in. They are. They are going to. Minus but if Northwestern, 2000, I would say. That if it does, it. in fact, and I, 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 I sincerely, with, you know, COVID, uh, you know, Indiana got shut down on uh, Tuesday. The, they, they shut the program. I don't even know at this point if they're back up and running and practicing yet, but if it does, in fact, wind up Indiana versus Northwestern for the Big mm. Ten title, and Northwestern beats Indiana, what really? I, I like Indiana beats Northwestern. That's that's trouble. I I can concede. I'm just kidding around about the Hoosiers. Although I do think it's weird that they're as low as twelfth. They should be higher up. But if Northwestern beat Indiana, what is the argument again? Like, yeah, but you know, you know, you know, you know, Ohio State's better than Northwestern. Like. All right, what are we what are we doing now? What are we just throwing darts now? Like, yeah, but you know, you know Justin Fields belongs yeah. Says who? Says who? I mean, it really it would be weird to put Ohio State in the final four and not Northwestern. I here I am yeah. standing up against the one team that doesn't really have a place there is Indiana, so I'm kidding around about Northwestern that. Northwestern has a bad they have a bad loss against Michigan I know, State. but I'm just saying know. that like this thing of that, well, you you know, you get it. You you right. understand. Not based on the I think Charlotte's of right. This is just a messed up year and they have to decide if they're gonna stick to their word and this is how the, the conference lays out in the conference playoffs, or um do they really need to flex their muscles and put a team in there that could play in a, in a, in a, you know, a championship game. It is funny and I'm not taking a side on it, but it really is sort of like this whole, I'm not weighing in on the political side, either side of it, but the like, yeah, but you know, like the electors should really, we can reject the will. Right. The, like it is kind of has that vibe to it of like, wait, what are we talking about now? Wait, dude. But the structure is this. This is what was laid out for us. And the, and the, the founding season. fathers should have seen it coming, not yes. having built in any bye weeks into the late November start. <laughs> when did they start? October 24th. So they start October 24th. They're like, we're going to be done mid-December. Uh, we leave no leeway for uh, COVID forfeitures or anything, but these are still the rules. You still have to play. Woody Hayes didn't Alexander want it this Hamilton way. famously <laughs> was a huge uh, Ohio State guy. So Alex Hamilton and Barry Alvarez talked yeah. it out, and this is what they came up with. Yeah, 
I don't know what to think of that, but I do think Ohio State will ultimately put, I, I would say minus 2,000 odds that they somehow figure out a way for Ohio State to play in the Big Ten championship game. Oh, oh yeah. Or I'm, or just uh, skip that altogether and play. And in the they final just make four. the play. Yeah, yeah, they could do that. Oh, this is crazy. Do we have time for this? Let's talk about it real quick. Breakdancing was added as a sport in the 2024 Olympics. This is terrible. This is really bad. We're going to talk about this on Laugh Lines today with uh, Rachel Bonetta. What sports would you like to see added? Jim, what do we have? Do we have? Uh, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Joel, am I missing something with this or Jim? With this story, is it they're just adding this as a sport? So this is breaking. Uh, yeah. Breaking is yeah. Twenty twenty four Olympics in Paris will include breaking. They're calling it breaking. Sixteen b boys, sixteen b girls will compete in one on one battles. They're also adding skateboarding, which had been announced. Sport climbing, surfing, pomegranate opening. Not will not be at the end. <laughs> Might as there well. There goes be. my shot. Right. <laughs> Might as well be. That's right. What the frick? Even surfing, which uh, is fun to watch. I don't even know how they have surf um, competitions. Like, isn't aren't the waves different? Am I an idiot here or we have to get lucky that everything? I went down, one of the things I got really into in uh, during the pandemic is in surf Instagram. There are some insane videos out there. And this woman, Maya, I can't remember her last name. In um, I think it's Portugal, but again, you know, I could be totally butchering yeah. this. There's this huge wave called Nazarene or something. Yeah. And they and and I mean, I don't understand how people don't die every time they do this. But um, I also am with you, which I don't understand how you yeah. rate a surf competition. Right. Oh, Maya Rudolph. Yeah, Maya Rudolph. Yeah, Maya that's Rudolph. It. Yeah, that's it. Uh, okay, but sir, but the break dancing. Why? Why? How did this gain momentum? This should have been. Uh, <laughs> They should have voted on this and stopped voting on this in 1988. But now it's gained life. When do we ever see breakdancing ever anymore? And now it's slippery an Olympic slope. Sport? Slippery slope. Once you start with the sports that are evaluated <laughs> by judges or voters and all that kind of stuff. Let's just let's just cut to the chase. Let's decide everything via American Idol style text messaging. That's that's all that matters. Everybody just should, let's skip the NFL playoffs. Everybody just text in who they think is best. Then we don't have to deal with all the, the nonsense in January. I mean, listen, the other side of this is, this is great news because if breakdancing is allowed to be a sport in the Olympics, I say so too should Connect Four. Connect Four, Why not? that is something I, I might mean, come honestly, out of retirement yeah. to do. Why the hell not? Well, no judge is an actual winner. You don't That's get a winner, involved. right? Yeah. I really think like if they're going to do that, then they should have uh, a, a who can get a pizza into the oven the fastest, like cheese it up, sauce Let's it, and everything it. else. Who can do that? And but really, who could peel this, a lobster faster? If this oh, is a real sport, break a lobster. Do laugh it, now. Really that category. Get Twelve years from now there will be a food eating competition in the Olympics. If oh, you yeah. can put, if you can put break dancing in all the, I mean, the wheels are off. And by this measure, if that is a sport legitimately as grotesque as it is, food eating is absolutely uh, closer to being a sport than break dancing. I think I would Honestly like that. Surprised I think I would like that. I've lost money dancing. betting the hot dog eating contest, but sorry, what Charlotte? No, of course you've lost money betting the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> like, come on. I, I, I'm surprised that break dancing got in before the food, the hot dog eating. Yeah. 
I, why are we going back to breakdancing is my question, though. Like, what, right. is, what about hula hooping? Should we go the back break to the breakdancing lobby is very powerful. I guess so. it is. It t- takes them 30 years to uh, really <laughs> kick things into gear. But what about like hula hooping or um, I don't know. What's a uh, how about uh pepper, Dave? Remember baseball players would play pepper. Um, this is wh- so, why I don't mean- we go back 100 years to things that were kind of cool? That, I, listen, yeah, risk. Like, yeah, butter like, yeah. churning. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> risk is now the new Olympic sport. It was really popular in, yeah. in 1978. It's a fun game for play for risk. world domination. Yeah. Um. I mean, and the other one that is really that that is really going to happen is the video game. Um. Oh yeah, events game, too. Yeah, that yeah, the that will definitely. Event. I mean, it, it will take forever. To your point, breakdancing started in round about 1979 and now in 2020 it's a, or 2024 so I, I guess given the lag time so about uh 2078 we'll we'll have um in television oh uh, um, maybe not even that late i mean you see on, the competitions. You, you see you know brian gumble on real sports interview these gamers and the esports and they're playing and then they'll he'll interview them and they'll be like no this is a sport just like baseball just like football just like basketball and gumble's like Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, just say what you want here. It's not a sport. It's not. Uh, all this said, I'm gonna bet the shit out of breakdancing in 2020. I'm excited to watch it. I like, know I'm can, gonna be betting it. I know it. You gotta stop. You can Michelle. make fun of it being there, and I will. But I'm also like, I am going to enjoy watching that. So it's so good. Is there? It's also not involved? gonna be it's indoors. Could they get rained on? Do they get to no, choose the mu- Who chooses the music? It's, it's all like too figure much. skating. Yeah. It's outdoors. Wow. All right. Uh, so we have something to look forward to or or try to scratch our heads for for the next uh, four years. Breakdancing added as a sport in 2024. Just, just thank to- goodness. Thank goodness. I decided the Olympics were stupid as an ind- as a, as an entire <laughs> operation about a decade ago. Now I don't have to worry about it. When Donald Trump wins re-election in 2024, we could always point to breakdancing, be like, oh, Trump being president isn't the dumbest thing of the year. So, or maybe by then. Well, I mean, for real, I, I, like the food thing should be one, but like who can gain the most weight in 24 hours? Or like maybe a sport Love should it. be, who could be like when they light the torch from the moment they light the torch, then the the ceremony that begins is they grill wieners and ribs and, oh, and yeah. chicken and stuff. And that, and that is the official beginning of, what is it, 16 days, the Olympics, 17 days, whatever it is. From that moment yeah. till you put the torch out, how mu- who can gain the most weight? That would be a great competition that you would follow. Like, let's check in. It's day 11 now. The Belarusian pig is, uh, <laughs> look at that slob over there. It looks like he's really packed on at least a solid uh, yeah. 31 pounds over the last uh, few the days. The Belarusian there. pig. <laughs> I love it. I think they're playing Ohio State this week. <laughs> Who's they're the American in. slob this year? Who's our... <laughs> Who's the slob we're throwing out there to challenge yeah. the world? Right. Um, let's move on. The extra points gang at gmail.com. The extra points gang. Two E's in there. The yep. extra points gang at gmail. Right, Charlotte? At yep. gmail.com. Nathan Reese. Gang, at this point, Dave's no jive policy and his incessant talking about it, refusing to give a good faith definition is, is nothing but jive. Mm. Not only is it, but it's the worst kind of jive. Jive in the name of no jive. And how is the the guy whose policy is no jive 
so concerned about uniform colors, numbers, and so many other inconsequential things. Seems pretty jivey. I love the show, but the levels of jive that Dave has been bringing lately has been painful to listen to. Uh, sincerely, Nathan Reese, president and founder of the Recognizing Jive in All Its Forms Club. Interesting. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. I call Jive on Nathan. I call oh. Jive on Nathan. Why is it, who's, who's Nathan to decide what is uh, important and what is uh, is not important? That's the sort of jive that impacts society so negatively is other people telling telling me or me telling you what is important and what isn't important. Your jive, Nathan. And I'll jive in the and I apply the no jive. Po- <laughs> I, you had I, I was I, I was actually buying it for a minute. And now now I'm now I'm sorry, still Dave. Not keep sure. going. Keep going. No, I mean, it's it, 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 it couldn't be more straightforward. There's nothing convoluted <laughs> about it. It couldn't be it couldn't be a straighter line. People who want to challenge it are trying to jive you. It's a straight line. Charlotte, are you clear about couldn't jive? Be, couldn't be cleaner. No, I, I, now I, than you just don't jive. Long. That's, That's it. Yeah. I'm in the middle of the woods and my GPS stopped working. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we got to find, we got to get our jive footing again. All right. Thank you for trying, Nathan. That's the extra points gang at gmail.com. Young Charlotte, what do you got mm-hmm. going this week? Young Charlotte has, uh, I did an interview with WWE superstar Sasha Banks, which is on the Fox Sports YouTube channel. And on Twitter, it was very fun. She told me about her insane year. It's sort of like Pat Mahomes. She's one of the only people who's had, sorry, Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. She's one of the only people who's had a good year in 2020. So we celebrated that and uh, got a fun piece on uh, my first week as a UVA fan coming out on Thursday and which I guess is tomorrow. Um, Funny how time works and Mm -hmm. um, a new people sports podcast tomorrow. So, yeah, check all that out. Follow me at the Wilder Things. Yeah. So inclined. Sasha Banks, uh, Alex Smith. And Bill Simmons, the only ones to have t- have anything good happen in 2020, yeah. I think. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, Sasha, the boss. Uh, listen to that. And Fred Lynn. And Fred Lynn. <laughs> the wilder things. And uh, certainly not pomegranate. Dave, what do you got no, going? Indeed. You're at Damashek. Well, I mean, I uh, uh, late add to my list of things is to uh, is to get Nathan. I mean, I'm not going to stand for anybody impugning <laughs> my no jive policy. Uh, minus three coming up, of course, as always this week. We'll have all the best bets for you. And speaking of good things, I'm we're busting over here at the house. My wife uh, Beth is uh, developed a show, um, uh, the history of swear words with Nicolas Cage, and uh, it we're we're, we're uh, proud as can be because her name's showing up in Variety really? and everything else. Oh, cool. is, oh, as uh, one of the EPs of this show. I don't think I forget when it starts. Netflix. I think it's January. So, well, I'll, I'll promote it more then. But um, it's exciting just to see. Um, Wait, what's it called? The, the the history of swear words. So it's Nicolas Cage basically doing exactly as the the show title describes, like going through the 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 history of it and the pop culture. That's of cool. That's amazing. Else. It's oh really going to be in a. It I really will wait. be a great show. It really will be um, funny. It's got like you know, it's got Sarah Silverman and other funny people. Kibitz and about the use of swear words and and all that kind of stuff. But now, anyway, Dave, you um, use for swear words uh, things that we don't think of as swear words, like hooey and applesauce. But back mm. in the uh, eighteen ninety five, that might have been considered a swear word, right? The thing is, with me, I'll say we can talk about that some other time. But I am a, I, I fancy myself a master swearer. I bet you you don't think of me as a potty mouth, right? You don't right. think of me 
doing that. But in fact, I'm such a wizard with it. I sneak them in and I, I, I they, they work so neatly. <laughs> I'm always I, impressed by how you work it in. Like before and after we, we record they you're, you're masterful <laughs> at it, but never during the podcast. Wow. Some they, people, they, they, have you I did notice mindful. that. I wanted to tell you, I did notice that. Have you ever noticed that when some people swear, it sits out like a sore thumb? Like you're not mm-hmm. supposed to say that. You're not. You should never use yeah. the f word. You should never use the c word. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Like you, you can't pull it off. I can pull it off, and I do it with a plum. Nice. Not, well, you, you never plum, lost a plum. plum. Not, not a plum. Not the plum, which mm-hmm. is another overrated fruit because it's the Krispy Kreme of fruits. Oh, a plum is so delicious. All right, I gotta, you gotta cu- get I gotta it cut within. Them all. I gotta yes, cut it three weeks because if it's not just the right, then it's gotta Act be like Amishek. ah, screw. How good are you if it's gotta be? If you got all these conditions attached, he's gonna to start. It. He's gonna start swearing now, and nobody wants. You know what? We're all gonna be swearing when I convince us to bet on the breakdancing competition uh, competition in 2024. Oh no, no, no! Those yes. are gonna be my best picks. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll be dead by me. then, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the cousin Sal. Hey, listen to uh, Laugh Lines, Waiver Wired, Minus Three, the Lemon Pepper Parlay crew against all odds. A lot of good stuff going on. A reminder, even though you may feel like an underdog, please remember you're all my favorites. See you Friday. Friday. <laughs>